0: السلام عليك زين الأنبياء السلام عليك بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وأفضل الصلاة وأتم تسليم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد طب القلوب ودوائها وعافية الأبدان وشفائها ونور الأبصار والبصائر وضيائها وقوة الأرواح وغذائها وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما يا كريم رب إشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري واحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم نوين التعلم والتعليم والتذكر والتذكير والنفع والانتفاع والإفادة والاستفادة والحث على التمسك بكتاب الله وسنة رسوله والدعاء إلى الهدى والدلالة على الخير ابتغاء وجه الله ومرضاته وقربه وثوابه سبحانه وتعالى السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته. everyone and welcome once again to the twenty twenty Al-Maqasid summer retreat which we're offering online. Uh, we're continuing to look at this. Very profound book by Al Habib Ahmed bin Zain Al Habashi, uh, talking about the meanings and the various types of knowledge that are contained within the du'a known as Sayyidul Istighfar, the preeminent formula for seeking Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala's forgiveness. This is a du'a taught to us by the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, which has great benefits and should be recited in the morning and evening. And uh, this book shows us the depths of meaning that are found in the words of the Prophet wasallam, and are found by means of revelation and divine inspiration. So we see in this hadith and this dua of the Prophet that we often recite it. And, you know, maybe for years we've been reciting it in Wurd al-Latif or otherwise. It's a very well-known dua. And you think that it's just about asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for forgiveness. And oftentimes people will just think about the benefit of it and say it and move on. But the people of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the people of very deep levels of knowledge and ma'rifah and gnosis and openings from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's as if they're going in the same ocean but they go deeper and deeper and deeper until they find new treasures that someone at the surface is unaware of and cannot see. So just looking at this book, you start to realize that the, uh, the depth of Habib Ahmed bin Zayn's knowledge and what he's able to identify is truly uh, profound. Inshallah, we'll look at that uh, shortly. We'll start with saying the dua. And then we'll do a recap of the previous lessons and then focus on what we're going to cover in this lesson. So, the dua that the Prophet titled and called the foremost or the preeminent way or formula of seeking Allah's forgiveness is Allahumma oh anta rabbi la ilaha illa ant. O Allah, you are my Lord and there is no God except you. You created me, and I am your servant. And I am upholding or attempting to uphold your covenant and your promise to the best of my ability. I seek refuge in you from the evil that I have done. أَبُؤُ لَكَ بِنِعْمَتِكَ عَلَيَّ وَأَبُؤُ بِذَنْبِي I acknowledge your blessing upon me and I acknowledge my sin. فغفر لِي فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَغْفِرَ الذنوب إِلَّا أنت. So forgive me for no one can forgive sins except you. So that's the dua known as Sayyidul Istighfar. So in the previous lessons, in the first lesson, we looked at verses from the Qur'an related to repentance and turning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the command to do so and the benefits of doing so. In the second lesson we looked at the ahadith from the Messenger of Allah sallallahu about the virtues and his sunnah with relation to seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness and the way that the Sahaba radhiyallahu anhum experienced that. In the third lesson we looked at the definition of tawbah, the definition of repentance, and the conditions in order to have a valid repentance. And then in the fourth lesson, the last lesson, we looked at ways to have permanent and continuous repentance so as not to fall back, uh, primarily being uh, uh, having the heart attain this awareness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, leaving bad company being in a state of humility and brokenness before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, having a heart that is softened and eyes that weep tears before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also we talked about the ways to inspire and bring about that motivation that brings awareness to the heart, such as listening to the verses of the Qur'an and the ahadith of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that inform us of these warnings in the hereafter, abundantly reflecting on death, L- taking the lesson from the passing away of others that we know, those who are younger than us, our friends, our relatives, our neighbors, uh, uh, sending abundant salawat upon the Prophet wasallam, thinking of the realities of the hereafter and the temporary nature of this world. Uh, having compassion and giving charity to the poor and the needy and so forth. That those are things that help inspire within the heart uh, this repentance before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, always being in a state of turning to Allah. And one of the things that we also mentioned, which is worth repeating, is much of this becomes almost very easy and much more accessible when we are in the company of the righteous. So when you seek out environments of goodness, and you seek out people whose focus is worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, living a life of righteousness and goodness, then that makes it much easier. And one of the things that's really funny is that people assume, and I know when I was growing up, this was uh, my misconception as well, is that religious people, They're just very serious and uptight, and it's all about haram, haram, haram. And it's not easy to be around people like that. Uh, And regarding the people of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, nothing could be further from the truth. It's just as uh, this book, the title of this book, Tiryaq al Qulubi wal Absar, this remedy and healing for the hearts, is that when you're in the company of the righteous, the, the reality is that their state with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the peace that has been uh, cast into their heart due to their devotion and singular focus of turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it actually is contagious. In other words, their state starts to impact your state and even just being in their company, there is a unique sense of peace and a unique balance of life that you rest and you have your enjoyment in a halal way in its proper time and then you worship and you remember Allah and you strive in its proper time and everything feels like it's, it's uh, organized and it's fashioned and it's taken care of in a perfect balance and it's one of the most uh, profound experiences it brings so much peace and happiness to the heart and... You wouldn't trade it for the world. So, seeking out those people doesn't mean that you always have to be, you know, morbid and serious and gruff. Quite the opposite. When it comes to times of remembrance, they remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the most beautiful of ways. When it comes time to uh, rest and and give the body and uh, uh, it's right, they do that in a beautiful way. And everything is properly balanced. So that's kind of the shortcut for all of this. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for those of us who have not experienced that, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens up the door and facilitates being able to be in the gatherings of the righteous. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by granting us that inshaAllah also gives us this motivation and this awareness in our hearts so that we seek Him with even more sincerity and even more de- determination, and that by virtue of that, our hearts are changed and we never go back uh, to the way we were before. Ya Arhamar Rahimin. So, this section, we're now looking at the main section of the book and we'll spend a few lessons on this. What the author calls tul Kitab or Waasitatul Risala. So he says, said, as for the main section, or the middle portion of this book, between the introduction related to the meanings of tawbah, and the conclusion, which will be on the virtues of seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness. He says, I say, and I seek from Allah His assistance and acceptance, Sayyid al-Istighfar, الدعاء المشهور عن Sayyid al ورسول الإله الغفار يتضمن. That the du'a, uh, the famous and well-known du'a known as Sayyid al-Istighfar, the preeminent uh, formula of seeking Allah's forgiveness, taken from the preeminent and foremost of all the elect and Allah's Messenger, the most forgiving, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allah the most forgiving's messenger. Uh, it includes the types of knowledge. So this is once again a word that we don't often use in English. العلوم, that it contains of different types of knowledges, different areas of learning, different sciences. Of the knowledge, which is really an entire science, the entire science of creed and belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, it contains within it knowing divinity, that you know the divine and the oneness of Allah, the exalted. That you know the Divine and the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Exalted. So, this is knowing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the Divine and affirming that. And that it's not only something that we should say with our tongues. Allahumma anta rabbi la ilaha illa ant. That we want to attain such a degree of knowledge and realization that when we say those things, those meanings, usually when we're uh, uh, saying a du'a or a dhikr, we're kind of forcing ourselves to say it regularly with our tongue so that the heart is moved, so that the heart is moved. La ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah. We say that maybe a hundred times or a thousand times. Maybe a certain percentage of that will have presence of heart. And then the more that we say that, the more our presence of heart grows. Until there is a complete harmony between what we're saying and the state of the heart. Then for people who go beyond that, the state of their heart continues to witness those meanings and experience those realities even if the tongue is not moving. And then sometimes, even when the tongue moves, the heart precedes the tongue in that meaning. So when we say, Allahumma, oh Allah, this emphatic calling upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allahumma, Anta Rabbi, O oh Allah, You are my Lord my sustainer, the one who nurtures me and brought me from non-existence into existence, the one who in the womb of my mother allowed nutrients and everything I need to grow and to survive and to be formed and fashioned, you sustained me. You cultivated my body and my soul and brought me from nothingness into existence. You bestowed this merciful act of creating and granted me existence, so on and so forth. Anta Rabbi, all of that is found in Allahumma Anta Rabbi, and much, much more. Khalaqta la ilaha illa ant. There is no God except you. That is recognizing Tawheed, the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This extremely foundational aspect of belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that Allah is our Lord, and He is one. Subhanahu wa Taala. La ilaha illa ant. And then also the affirmation the author says included in this du'a: Wal bi bilrububiyyati lil Rabbi'l Khaliq. And this is uh, uh, affirming the lordship of the Lord and Creator, that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is our Lord and Creator. وَالْمُرَادَ الْإِقْرَارُ بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَىٰ هُوَ خَالِقُ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ And what's meant here is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who created everything. خَلَقْتَنِي وَخَلَقْتَ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ You created me and you created everything in existence. Nothing in existence is outside of your creation. Nothing in existence was created by uh, uh, other than you. Subhanak. wa وَأَنَّهُ لَيْسَ لِلْعَالِمِ And that the ent- everything in existence does not have two creators. There are not two creators. There are not two originators in existence. Only one. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the tawheed of the people of uh, uh, the rational sciences and the people of aqeedah and ilm al-kalam. This is the understanding that has to be uh, taken from Uh, uh, looking in creation and understanding the order and the fashion and the design. And that as we'll get to shortly, everything has a specified will and that it's created in a particular way and not another way. Things do not happen randomly. We realize that this all goes back to the Lord and Creator subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the third affirmation, and really these three are the most important aspects recognizing allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's oneness that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is one and then in addition to that reality recognizing that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the lord of everything and that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created uh, cre- that he has created creation and that all of that creation is in submission to him and servitude to him and that he is their Lord and creator Jalla جل jalalu and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the possessor of the attributes of beauty and majesty and perfection and lordship and that we uh, are completely and utterly indebted to our creator for every blessing that comes our way and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has complete power and control over us and that he does whatever He wills uh, with us and to us. And we always ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for lutf and Ya akram al wa ya arham al And then the third is al-iqrar bil'ubudiyya. Then the affirmation after affirming Allah's lordship and that He is the creator, then naturally the affirmation of the servitude of the created servant. Khalaqtani, you created me. You are the creator. You created me and you created everything. And you created me. I am of your created servants. So I am your servant. I am indebted to you. I am uh, of those who submit and affirm and acknowledge all of your blessings upon me. And even think about that for a minute. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa have allowed us to attribute ourselves with our sins, with our lowliness, with our limitations. That we are still allowed to even attribute ourselves to Allah as His servants as His servants. That's an attribution of honor. When we say that a masjid is the house of Allah, that's not to be taken literally. It means that this is a a place that is given that attribution of honor. When we say that we are servants of Allah, we don't deserve to say that. But it's an attribution of honor. And in actuality, it is the highest honor. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he described the miraculous events of the Isra and then the Mi'raj, Allah says in the Qur'an, asra Glory be to the one who took on a night journey, his servant. Meaning the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, the one who was most realized in the realities and is the most realized in the realities of servitude. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also shows that that is the truest and highest honor to become realized as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's servant. So all of that is found in the meaning, "Khalaqtani wa You created me and I am your servant. And that there's a mercy even in being able to say that. You created me, I am of your created beings. I am yours. I am your servant. I am seeking to fulfill and realize the potential and the meaning of my existence. So, you see all of these meanings just in that first sentence, that first phrase from this dua. So, these are the three things that the author says are contained in Sayyidul Istighfar, the preeminent way for seeking forgiveness. Knowing the divine and knowing Allah's oneness, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number two, affirmation of the lordship, of the the lord and creator, ar-rububiyyah, that Allah sustains us and nourishes us and takes care of us and provides for us, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the affirmation of our servitude, and our createdness, uh, and our indebtedness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this goes back as the author says. It returns to Al-Ahduladhi akhadahu Rabb ala dhuriyat al-adamiyya fi qawlihi ta'ala And uh, this goes back, this uh, affirmation, this iqrar bil-rububiyya, affirming Allah's lordship goes back to when Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala said exactly those words alastu bi rabbikum when Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala wa id akhadha rabbuka min bani adam ila qoulihi ta'ala alastu bi rabbikum qalu bala shahidna when your lord brought forth from the loins of the children of Adam their descendants and had them testify regarding themselves Allah asked them Am I not your Lord? <laughs> and this is what Habib Hussein covered in the first lesson from The Lives of Man. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to that lesson, it is extremely beneficial. As someone was saying, that it was probably the best lesson that they've ever heard in their lives. Extremely beneficial. And in that lesson, he focuses on this event. This momentous covenant that we took with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That before the life of this world, when uh, before we came into our bodies, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brought forth all of the souls of the children of Adam. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressed them, this divine address from Allah. And He said, bi Rabbikum, Am I not your Lord, your Rabb? And everyone replied, yes, you are, and we testify to that. So this is found in Allahumma, Anta Rabbi. Oh Allah, you are my Lord. Oh Allah, I am affirming, and I am going back to the first moment where you addressed us directly, and you spoke to our souls. And you asked us, am I not your Lord? Oh Allah, I am seeking your forgiveness here and now. And the first thing that I am saying is, Allahumma anta rabbi. Oh Allah, you are my Lord. Oh Allah, I'm going back to that covenant. Oh Allah, I'm going back to that moment in which you created us and brought us forth and honored us with with your divine address. Oh Allah, you are my Lord. And, uh, uh, it goes back also to the statement in the du'a, wa ala ahdika wa So this affirmation of Allah's lordship goes back to that covenant, that divine covenant. Am I not your Lord? And also, it comes up again in the du'a, affirming its connectedness and those meanings in which we say, wa ala ahdika wa and I am upon your covenant and promise. To the best of my ability, what is that covenant and promise? It is Alastubi to It is that address when Allah asked us, "Am I not your Lord?" And we said, "Yes, you are," and we testify to that. at al 'alayhi fi wa sallam." 'ala al-fitrah ila And this is the Tawheed. This is the understanding of divine oneness which the human being is naturally created with. So naturally, in our hearts and souls, even if you speak to children and you inform them about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His oneness, even children will realize, I was created. That this world, all uh, that is around me, there is a creator. There is one who originated it and fashioned it, and designed it, and has a specific will. They might not necessarily put it into that language, but they know inside of themselves that that is the case, and that is the reality. And this goes back to the statement of the Prophet ﷺ, that every newborn is born upon the fitrah, this natural disposition, this primordial nature. And what is that fitrah? That fitrah is the part of you in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Alastu bi rabbikum. It is that part of your soul that remembers that divine address. And the wahi revelation helps you reconnect with that spiritual memory and that covenant and affirmation. So then the author continues this is all just now in the first few words Allahumma anta rabbi. La ilaha illa ant khalaqtani. Oh Allah, you are my Lord. There is no God except you and you created me. So these are some of the, and each one of those things is, is, an entire, uh, is an entire type of knowledge, is an entire field of knowledge and learning and a very specified methodology of going deeper and deeper into those knowledges. All of that uh, uh, is contained in these, Areas that the author mentioned, and then he says, "وتحت ذلك علوم كثيرة لا تحد ولا تعد." And uh, within this, what he has just mentioned, there are types of knowledge that cannot be contained nor enumerated. Right? That how many of the salihin they said, if I was just to expound on the meanings from one verse of the Quran or from the Fatiha. I would write so many volumes that they would actually uh, fill the backs. They couldn't be carried by numerous numbers of camels. What we would say in today's world, you know, truckloads of books. I would write so much on the knowledge contained in the Fatiha or contained in a particular uh, verse or surah that it would fill uh, trucks worth of the volumes of books that could be written on that knowledge from what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives them of deeper and deeper and deeper meanings. So he says, you know, this is a book of ikhtisar. This is a book that's meant to be concise. So there's so much more that could be said about that. Of the things that are included, such as ma'arifat, ma'arifati wa sifatihi wa wa Na'am. is knowing Allah's essence, His that and His attributes and His actions and uh, uh, His His attributes, His oneness and His transcendence knowing Allah subhanahu wa Ta'ala's, uh, uh His essence, His that His slifat, His attributes wa we touched a little bit upon that so knowing, saying that Allahumma Within that, oh Allah, you are my Lord. There is no God except you. This goes back to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala's oneness, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala's existence, which we'll talk about shortly, and that uh, uh, knowing Allah Subhanahu wa Taala's essence. Also, when we say His attributes, which the author is going to talk about shortly, that. Within this dua are the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's attributes Is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the Lord He is al-Rab That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-Khaliq He is the creator That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-Ghaffar The the one who is oft forgiving That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-Qadir That Allah has power over all things That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Laysa kamithlihi shay. There is nothing like Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so on and so forth. These are the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that are contained within this one dua. وتنزيه, and His oneness and His transcendence. أنت, that you are above. There is a, a, Your creation is not like you. And you are not like your creation. وَلَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٍ وَهُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْبَصِيرُ That uh, there is nothing like him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then another area of knowledge that is found within this dua is a shahada testification. La ilaha illa ant. Allahumma anta rabbi. La ilaha illa ant. Oh Allah, you are my Lord. There is no God except you. That is the first half of the shahadatayn, the first half of the testification of belief. La ilaha إلا الله. Muhammad Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa There is no God but Allah, and Muhammad is the Messenger of Allah. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon him and his family and companions. So that's found within Sayyidul Istighfar. And then Shuhud, witnessing the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, Al Ihsan, spiritual excellence, is that. An ta'bud is that you worship Allah as though you see Him. The ulama they call this shuhud, witnessing. How do you see Allah? You see Allah with your heart. You don't see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with your eyes in this world. You don't see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that way. But when you say, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, I feel your nearness. Ya Allah, I feel your support and assistance. Ya Allah, I feel your mercy and your forgiveness and your blessings. How do you feel that? You feel that with your heart. And you witness Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with your heart. So that's known as shuhud. So the author says included in Sayyidul Istighfar is al-shahada, the testification, al-shuhud, witnessing, and al-ishhad. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has certain beloved servants, he discloses to them uh, certain knowledge and... Uh, uh, an intimate connection that he gives them, which is translated here as disclosure, al-ishhad. Right? Allahumma anta Rabbi la ilaha illa anta. Oh, Allah, you are my Lord. That that has the testification. But when you are realized in that reality and you witness that in your life, then it becomes shuhud. <speaking in Hebrew> you created me and I am your servant and Al-Ishhad. This is one of the things in this book that Al-Habib Ahmed bin Zain Al-Habashi, he indicates, but he does not spend a whole lot of time explaining. But it shows the degrees of his knowledge. Then he says, the author says, Knowing ma'rifah, knowing divinity and lordship. And uh, he mentioned that before. He might be indicating it in a different way here. Allahu A'lam. But we talked about that. Allah's uh, d- divinity, His oneness, and His Lordship. And knowing the oneness of Allah's essence, attributes, and actions. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, His essence, His attributes, and His actions... They are one, right? The oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that and sifat and his af'al subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naam. So then he brings it and relates it back to fi ma'rifati hadha, What is included in this is his statement ثُمَّ يَدْخُلُ عَفْوًا فِي مَعْرِفَةِ هَذَا مَعْرِفَةُ جَمِيعُ الصِّفَاتِ وَالْأَسْمَاءِ He said actually it includes uh, all of the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala His asma and صِفَات His, uh, uh, His names and His attributes So فَمِنْهَا قَوْلُهُ فِيهِ So included in that is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Taught his Prophet وسلم, to teach us to say, You created me. So, how do we see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's uh, names and attributes found in this dua? And this goes back to the science of aqidah, the science of iman, knowing what it is that we believe about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that we actually have to study these things. That found within this dua are certain uh, elements and aspects of what is known as farda'in, knowledge. The knowledge that every believer and every Muslim needs to have. So where do we see that? We see it in the words of the Prophet sallallahu that we say in the du'a, "Khalaqtani." Look at this, it's one word in Arabic. "Khalaqtani." You created me. Included in that are various meanings and aspects of knowledge that we all have to know and that we study in the science of aqeedah. So the author explains. So when you say, you created me to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, creation, the, the act of creating is only brought forth through al-qudra al kamila This only happens bi-qudratin kamilah. This only occurs through perfect power. That who can bring anything from non-existence into existence? And we're not talking about inventing things. We're not talking about taking things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already created and doing experiments with them and coming up with an invention. That's not creating, that's inventing. Who can bring something? from non-existence into existence. Who can create a soul? Who can bring matter and life from nothingness into existence? Only one with perfect power, complete power can do that. And that's known as Qudra. This is one of the attributes that we are required and we must know about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that Allah has qudrah, He has power and ability complete and perfect power and ability. And we have certain abilities as human beings and creation has certain abilities but those abilities are given to us by the one who has absolute and perfect power who has absolute and perfect qudrah al-qadir subhanahu wa ta'ala then the author says, so creation can only come about uh, from one who has perfect power. And a specified or a specific will. So once again, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has perfect power. But perfect power alone does not indicate khalaqtani. does not indi- indicate the act of creation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the power to create. But then when He creates, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a will. He has an irada in what He creates. So for example, when He created us, He created us as human beings. He created us as this specific will, this specific type of creation. So that indicates that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has an irada. It's not random. We don't go from being human beings to turning into something else, to turning into something else. Uh, that, uh, this is all indicating that Allah has specified what we will be created as, what we are. And then he says, ilmun مُحِيطٌ And it also indicates uh, complete knowledge. So even in this statement from the Prophet wasallam, You created me. It indicates Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's perfect power. His qudra, his specified will. You created me, me as a, this individual, as a human being, as Bani Adam, as someone who has taklif, accountability, and so on and so forth. So that's Allah's specified will. ilmun muhit And complete knowledge of all various types of creation and beyond. Then the author says, these attributes of power and will and knowledge could, uh, uh, could, not only, could only come from one who is living, from one who is hay, who, ha, who has haya. And one of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al hayy That these attributes are only attributed to one who could be attributed with the attribution of life and is living subhanahu wa ta'ala so that's another one of the attributes that we believe about allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that allah is al-hay he is the living and has haya and has life and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's life and living is perfect and absolute when we conceive of life in this world every other everything that is created and is given a life span is limited and our life is only sustained and given that life by al-hayy al qayyum by the living and self-subsistent. So here we're already seeing four attributes that are necessary in our belief of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, by a wahi and by rationality. And then the fifth, the author says, and life cannot be conceived of without existence, al-wujud. So all of these things are the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we must believe in that are found in where? khalaqtani This one word from the dua. You created me. You, O oh Allah, the Lord, the Divine, the One. You have power, absolute and perfect power. You have a specified will. You have complete knowledge. You are the living. You have life and you have existence, you exist, you have wujud. These five attributes are found in khalaqtani. Then included in knowing the aforementioned these attributes is knowing all of Allah's attributes and names. Then the 99 names and other names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are included in that. This is with relation to the outward knowledge included in the description of creating. As for its inward reality, it has no end or limit whatsoever. Then the author continues, and inshallah uh, will finish with this. This dua also includes the knowledge of servitude, of ubudiyah. And more will be said about this later, bi ta'ala. And also, knowing that the servant is a created being that has capability. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us a taklif. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us choice uh, and that ability. And this choice and ability that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us is also the means by which the message is directed to us. That revelation is directed to us and prophets and messengers were sent to us because we have the capability of choice. You know, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us uh, uh, the ability to choose to believe or to disbelieve. Na'am. And by that choice also is the means for which we are granted reward or punishment. And that a person is given his or her due in the Akhirah, in the hereafter. So all of that is found in خَلَقْتَنِي وَأَنَا عَبْدُكَ وَأَنَا عَلَىٰ And I am up- upholding your covenant and promise to the extent of my ability. مستطعت. This istita'a this capability is given to us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. From here, a person comes to know the abode of the hereafter. Right? So then you know that there is a reward or punishment. There is a judgment. That this intellect, this capability that we are given, that there is a, a, a judgment that will be given to us based on that khususiyyah, that distinction, and that honor that Allah has bestowed upon us. And from here, when a person knows about the akhirah, and discovers the types of knowledge associated with it outward and inward. In other words, a person begins to comprehend their capability that is given to them by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and then has deeper and various types of knowledge and wisdom associated with this divinely given capability and being judged by it. Also included, as the author says, Among the types of knowledge of the hereafter is the description of Allah's creating as indicated previously. So once again, there are so many meanings here that sometimes he'll refer to something he has said before, but that it uh, comes up multiple times in this dua. So inshallah, we'll end here. So we realize that uh, what we've looked at in this section is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the creator. He is our Lord. He is the divine. He has no partner. And also that uh, this dua is an affirmation of his lordship and an affirmation of our servitude and an affirmation that we are attempting to live up to the covenant that we took with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the covenant that uh, is stored within our fitrah and also it teaches us about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's necessary attributes that he has power, will, knowledge, life and existence and that he also is the creator Jalla jalaluh wa ta'ala Now insha'Allah we'll look at some of the, the questions. Wa billahi Just pulling up the questions now. Perhaps it seems that there are no questions. Alhamdulillah. It's not necessarily a bad thing. If people have questions, they can uh, type them in the text box uh, on YouTube, Inshallah. ta'ala. And even if questions come up a bit later, you can still ask them from previous lessons as long as Inshallah it's associated with uh, this specific class that's being taught uh, that inshallah uh, we'll try to get to them even if we get to them at a later time and we'll have another lesson this evening so even if questions come up and you want to uh, ask them this evening inshallah ta'ala we can do that tamam. so there are, there are no questions alhamdulillah and uh inshallah We'll just take a very brief uh, intermission, a brief break, and we'll come back at uh, 10 o'clock Eastern, and we'll have the reading of Al-Wurd Al-Latif with Sayyid Abdul Fattah Ba'alawi, our imam here at Al-Maqasid. And then we'll have Sheikh Yahya's class immediately after that, the Islamic discourse and religious institutions. And then we'll have a break all the way until 7 p.m. Eastern, uh, where that will be the time uh, uh, that's appointed to listen to Al-Habib Hussein As-Saqaf's lecture on the lives of man. Then we'll have Remedy for the Hearts in the evening uh, once again at 9 p.m. Eastern. And we'll have the Ratib of Imam Al-Haddad in between. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah khayra hadha liyawm, fathahu wa wa nurahu oh Allah, we ask you for the good of this day. this is of the prophetic du'as that are included in Al-Wurd Al-Latif. We ask you for the good of this day, its opening, its light, its blessing. Nurahu, nasa'luka hadha fathahu wa its opening, its victory, its light. wa its blessing and its guidance. Ya Arhamar Rahimin. we ask you, Ya Allah, that you grant us one of your sublime gazes, that uh, rectifies our states and that of the ummah inwardly and outwardly and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants us uh, beneficial knowledge knowledge that gives life to the heart and deeper realities and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants grants us the realities of turning to him and seeking his forgiveness and pardon wa sallallahu ta'ala ala Sayyidina muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ inshallah we'll be back with you shortly assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah Excellent. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah.